I'm not saying completely get rid of everything just to get rid of everything. It's, it's get rid of the stuff that you're not necessarily good at first that you don't like doing that doesn't give you energy that drains you and really leveling up on your strengths. Welcome to the Productivity Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Vardian. This week on the show, I'm joined by my friend, Jamie Master. She's a CEO, business coach, keynote speaker, and best-selling author. She's got the book, Eventual Millionaire. She's the CEO of Eventual Millionaire, and now she's got this initiative called OwnerBox, which we get into during this episode. There's lots of stuff to cover. I'm really excited to have her on the show. And don't forget... During this episode, I'm not just going to talk to Jamie. I'm going to give you my Productivityist podcast pick of the week, so stick around for that. But now, here is my conversation with my good friend, Jamie Masters, here on the Productivityist podcast. So I'm holding in my hands uh, the book that, that let's just say, it's been out for a while, but we're not going to focus on it entirely. But you, I mean, you are the author of The Eventual Millionaire, How Anyone Can Be an Entrepreneur and Successfully Grow Their Startup. Um, but You've got something else that you've been working on, and it's it's called OwnerBox, and I want to dive into that because we haven't chatted about that. We've chatted about your the, some of the other stuff you worked on before. What is OwnerBox? Because I want to I want to dig into that. Great question. So um, OwnerBox, way back when I when I first became a business coach, I had a mentor, and he always said, "You don't want to be in the CEO box; you want to be in the OwnerBox." And I was like, "Yeah, that sounds." Awesome, right? Uh, and so whenever we'd work with entrepreneurs, because I've been doing this for over 10 years, it's been a very long time, worked with hundreds and hundreds of entrepreneurs 101, I would work with them. And of course, they'd have 17 different hats that they were wearing in their business. And so to start to systematically take them out of each of the roles, and of course, the last one, you want to be in the owner box, right? So that's the reason why we named it what we named it, the whole program and everything. But the reason why it was created was because I've been coaching so many entrepreneurs and I would tell them to do things. And if it wasn't in their strengths and their wheelhouse or their team wasn't really, really amazing at it, like systems, it would always get put on the back burner. And so what we created instead was a way that we could work with entrepreneurs and their team. So we actually work with their team to implement things on the business side on in a systemized process that is already proven. That way the owner doesn't actually have to think about it too much because when they start getting in the weeds of decisions and workflow and craziness. I mean, I'm an ADD entrepreneur, visionary, right? Um, my brain melts and most other entrepreneurs do too. Yours might be a little bit different, Mike, because you love the detail, sort of nitty gritty kind of stuff, but most of us don't. And that's the reason why we created it. So let's, let's go to the point of, of the, uh, like the pain point for you, because like you said, you know, then, you know, you want to kind of be in that, that owner box, like you said, and, and, and for some people like go, well, what's the difference in the CEO box and the owner box. Some people think that, that, that those are kind of one in the same, but can you, can you kind of dig into the difference of that a little bit? Oh, they are not one in the same. Um, the reason why they're not one in the same is if you're in the owner box, you can actually sell your business and walk away and not actually have to replace the role of CEO, right? So when anybody talks about creating their business, and I mostly work with six and seven figure entrepreneurs, the question of do I sell or do I not sell is always a big deal. It's always in the future though. It's not like a now thing. And so, I mean, I have one client right now um, and she's looking to sell her business in the next year. And it's like, well, we have to get you out of all of the roles, including the CEO role, if you you want it to be an actual sellable type asset, 
Does that make sense? And mm-hmm. so what we have a tendency to do is just go, well, I just always do that and I'll hire somebody for that later. But <laughs> you could either sell your business or you could be on a beach or start a different business. And so being able to be a serial entrepreneur so you don't actually have to be the person running the day-to-day, especially on the the short term, right? So a lot of people that are listening right now probably don't have multi-million dollar businesses. They probably have two, 10, 20 people on their team. And even just getting out of a few of the hats in their business will make their life so much less stressful. Their husband or wife like them a lot more because they're home potentially a little bit more and not working 80 hours a week and killing themselves to do it. So it's that whole eventual process of working towards the sellable asset, but taking it one step at a time. So removing yourself from each piece. So there's a lot of like, uh, I've chatted with Michael Gerber about this before that like the e-myth idea, yes. you know, turnkey options. And then there's, you know, I had Paul Jarvis on the show and he talks about building a company of one. It sounds like there's some, some meshing there as well, right? You know, the idea of, um, you know, when he, when Paul says company of one, it's like he, like he has other people that do stuff for him, but it's, it's, it's not to the point where it's, it's so massive that he can't, uh, he can't deal. Whereas with Emeth, it's like you build this turnkey idea where it doesn't matter how big it scales because the systems are in place. So, exactly. it, 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 so you kind of, do you help people with that, uh, that transition of where either they started and it was so like, it was bigger than they imagine. They're like, I don't know how to manage this stuff. And I want, I did this so I could, uh, I, I'm starting a business and I ran a business so I could have the time to, to do the things that I really want to do. Or like, where do they, what stage do you kind of often come into peop, uh, contact with people when they need something like this? Great, great question. And I've interviewed both Michael Gerber and Paul Jarvis on my on my show also. Um, and to me, especially, um, I'll tell you a story of Joey. So Joey started with my coaching way back when, probably actually four years ago. He was making about $500 a month, right? We helped him make more money. So that's a wonderful, amazing thing. He he ended up making $500,000 first year. And we won't tell that whole story on how he did that, but he had a great audience. That being said, as soon as you start actually growing... He was like, hey, this isn't what I signed up for, (laughs) right? Now I'm working constantly. I'm doing stuff that is completely out of my zone of genius, which is potentially hiring people, whether it be contractors or employees. You start having to uh, understandably be in all these different roles that you have literally never been. Because in order to be a company of one, yes, that's awesome. You get really good at what you got to do. But when you want to actually run bigger things, potentially, like you said, and scale, it takes more than just you. Like you said, even Paul has contractors and other people to do things, even if he doesn't have employees. And it really comes back to figuring out what you actually want. You don't need to have a million dollar business. You don't need to have something huge. What I prefer is to have the lifestyle that you want, because what we have a tendency to do, whether you go by Paul's system or Mike's system, right? Mike, Michael Gerber's. When you go and understand that, hey, I don't want to be thinking about my business 60 plus hours a week. That's kind of important, right? What is the lifestyle that I want to have now? And what am I moving towards in the future? It might not be having 20 employees because that's not your skill set. But are you only not wanting to grow to 20 employees because it's not your skill set and you don't know that you can find somebody else to actually manage all of them so you don't have to do it, right? So getting really clear on what you're looking for long term and how much impact you want to create as a business is really important on how to actually grow the team that will make you have a better life, work-life balance or whatever you want to call it as you're growing. Does that make sense? Totally, totally. Um, One of the things that I, I want to dig into with you and I... I haven't dug into this with too many people, but I know I can I can get into this with you, especially the name of your your eventual millionaire. Yeah, um, this 
this term eventual and and if anyone's paid attention to my history there was eventualism which is something that like back when i was doing the productivity parody stuff which you and you knew me back then so that was when (laughs) that was when you know we were both kind of because we both kind of it's been like well over a decade now i think that we yeah we were babies yeah right (laughs) (laughs) but uh this idea of we hear all the time about consistency, right? Be consistent, show up every day, da, 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 da. But I think that there's a lot of people that don't put the other part of the equation in there, which is patience. And can you touch on not only uh, how you've had to be patient because your business has evolved. I mean, it's been, we, we've, we've all evolved and, and how success isn't not necessarily the idea of just being consistent, but also having the 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 wherewithal and the ability to be patient. And how does that translate into what you're doing with OwnerBox? <laughs> Great point. So I don't talk about patience that much because I suck at it. Now, one, <laughs> but you've had to be patient, right? I had to, yeah. And so the interesting thing, especially, um, so let me explain why I named it Eventual Millionaire to begin with anyway. So I, I started in corporate and made six figures when I was 22. So I thought I was really cool back then, hated my life, all that fun stuff. And, and I wanted to be a millionaire since I was like eight, I gave up the goal and I started eventual millionaire because it wasn't actually about the money. It's funny. A lot of people are like, Oh, it's all about the money. No, the whole point And the, the reason why I named it that is that eventually by the time I'm 65, a million times over. Right. But I want to be able to enjoy the world that I have now. And I had small kids, especially at the time. Um, and so being able to be with them and only work 20 hours a week was really important to me, right? Like I have to go pick up my kiddos after the, <laughs> after this interview, <laughs> right? And that to me is more important than whatever the money is. So when you think of the journey and what we actually get to choose to do every single day, that was more important. So the money always sort of took a back burner to me, which is kind of funny because everybody's like, you're the millionaire lady, you know? Uh, but <laughs> It's a great networking tactic. Don't get me wrong. 500 millionaires now. It's a wonderful thing. That being said, it wasn't about that. It was actually about how can I live a life that I really want to and have the patience to be able to know that the money thing is going to come as long as I stay consistent, right? Now, saying that overarchingly is way easier than actually being in it and being like, what the heck, right? I yep. remember I had a I had a client and she kept comparing herself to John Lee Dumas. And John used to work 60 plus hours a week. My client would had small kids and had 10 hours a week. And I go, for every one week that John does, that's six weeks that you have to do. And she was like, yeah, that kind of puts it in perspective, doesn't it? <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. If you have a team, you can make things um, work a little bit better for you. Don't. I'm not saying that you can't actually build that way. But that being said, we are comparison like crazy. And one of the reasons why we have a heck of a time, or I've had a heck of a time with patience, is because I'm comparing myself to all these other people that are doing so many other things, same, right? Same. And when we live in our own little bubble of, hey, I choose to pick up my kids, right? Uh, today I'm picking them up. Sometimes I don't. I have other people to pick them up. But still, when I'm when I'm trying to go, what is the most important thing for me? Quality time with my family, um, not the numbers. And I'm a my mantra also since I was little is progress. So hence the reason why I suck at patience. I'm like, as long as the numbers are going up, I feel good. So I've also had to deal with my own self and trying to understand that it is not about that. It is about the daily moments that actually make a difference. It is about progress in untangible ways, not just revenue and increasing and the overachievement Jamie that lives in my brain too. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable 
brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it, and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. Okay, we're going to take a break from the podcast right now. But when we come back, we're going to talk with Jamie about the importance of systems and what they can do for you, as well as a lesson that she can share that will help anyone who is dealing with overwhelm. But first, I want to talk to you about one of the ultimate life hacks, my secret weapon for learning new things and getting ahead. It's called Blinkist. Blinkist is a really unique app. It works on your phone, your tablet, or your web browser. It takes the best key takeaways, the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books, and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. I use Blinkist when I'm walking to pick up my son from school. I use Blinkist when I am doing the dishes. I use Blinkist when I am cooking dinner. I use Blinkist when I'm commuting anywhere, and you can too. And Blinkist isn't just about books that have been in the library for some time, and there's a wide variety of books available to you there, but there are other books in there that have just been released not too long ago. Stillness is the Key, which just came out by Ryan Holiday. You can get that in Blinkist. Ultra Learning by Scott Young, who's been on this program. You can get that in Blinkist. Keep Going by Austin Kleon. You can get that in Blinkist. Successful people like business leaders are well known for reading a lot of books. Why don't you join them? Blinkist gives you that opportunity. And I want you to take advantage of a limited time offer that Blinkist has for Productivity as Podcast listeners. Go to Blinkist.com slash timecrafting and try it for free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T dot com slash timecrafting to start your free seven-day trial. And you'll also save 25% off. But again, only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash time crafting. Oh boy, am I having a lot of fun with this next sponsor. Meet Edgar. Meet Edgar helps you amplify your presence and message across multiple social networks. You can sync it with Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram and connect with your audience where they are when they're there. If you've got a blog like I do, a podcast like I do, or even a YouTube channel RSS feed, you can hook that up to Meet Edgar to automatically pull in your latest content and add it to your social sharing queue. Meet Edgar's unique category-based scheduler will save you a ton of time. You can keep your feeds active and post the right content to the right network at the optimal time and maximize the reach of every piece of content. Edgar's unique suggested variations turns a single blog post or podcast show notes into five unique social posts, which saves me a ton of time. And that's just through a single click. It's never been easier to increase your social media output and reach more people. And once you sign up, you get free training and education that will guide you along as you learn to use Meet Edgar like I am. I love Meet Edgar. I'm digging it and you'll dig it too. Head on over to meetedgar.com slash timecrafting and use the code timecrafting to get an extended 60-day free trial. You do not want to miss this one. meetedgar.com slash timecrafting. Use the code timecrafting to get that extended 60-day free trial. I'm loving Meet Edgar. I know you will too. When you talk about progress, and this is something that I've, I've 
noticed for myself over the past several years. Um, how how important is this idea of, of systemizing and having frameworks in place so that the progress is is uh, is tangible, like you can see it? Do you do you do you value that? Do you spend? I mean, I, obviously with OwnerBox you're putting that in play, but um, how is it something that you've you've been doing since day one, or is it something you came to? Like how how did that put come together? Well, because I'm a little ADD, I, I, I used to be a project manager, right? So knowing that systems work better is one thing, doing them is totally another, right? But I'm a geek. And the, the problem was is that when you realize that the problems of your business come up over and over and over again, if you don't deal with them that one time and create one system, imagine how many more times you're reinventing the wheel, mm. right? So you are not making progress. Even if you feel like, especially as an entrepreneur, business owner, we are problem solvers, right? We That's what we do. We're like, yes. I solve problems. And so we can actually get in our in a rat race of our own selves, whether it be with our team or clients or whatever, because we love solving problems. But you know what? Most of the time, those problems have already been solved by you before, many times over, right? And so what's interesting is realizing that you're saying the same things over and over and over again, or you're putting the, the spoke in the wheel, right? Of going, ah, I could be moving and making so much more progress if only I had the way to actually systemize the, the problem that I'm solving right now. And that's what I see with entrepreneurs all the time because they go through their day as if everything is coming at them at that very moment. But in reality, these things have come up over and over and over again and, and not putting the time up front. And I know we know this logically. It is very different if you actually do it because I'm in the business of knowing the background, the stuff that nobody wants to share, right? They're like, my onboarding process is is nothing, right? We don't even know where these documents are. And they they have a million dollar business. Like how crazy can it be? You would think that they would have pieces of these uh, already figured out. But but we we just do the things we're used to doing over and over and over again. So while it might feel like quote unquote progress to you because you're moving forward and solving those problems, think about it. Because a lot of times you're not. If you can actually make it so that that energy you never have to expend again, that is progress. And so you're right, Mike, what, what we do in OwnerBox is we also 80-20 the systems because creating some random system that you've never, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of entrepreneurs are like, I can't spend my time on systems because we're so moving so fast. A, that's not true. B, yeah, that's why you have to 80-20 what is going to give you the most bang for your buck up front. That way it will save you time and then you can do it more like Dave Ramsey kind of so snowball kind of thing, right? You can right. snowball your time and everything, which I know you're really good at. <laughs> I want to I want to touch on the this is something that that I want to come back to is the idea of like so you pick up your kids sometimes but you also have someone else pick it up. Pick mm -hmm. Yep. When what was that conversation like with your kids? Because this is time related for I, sure. Like, what was that like? Was was it even a conversation? Was it just like, hey, kids, you know what? Someone's going to pick you up because of like, do you do you kind of oh I did do you get into the weeds a bit or do you kind of just like surface layer it with them. Like where does that No, I talk with them big time. Yeah. Big time. So so and this and they're nine and twelve. So it's a little easier for me they're, to talk. They're to like mine now. too. Yeah. So they, they kinda understand. Well, and they, so we just switched their school to an entrepreneur kid school, like I was mentioning to you beforehand. And it's a good solid 20 minutes away without traffic. It's probably an hour one away with traffic. Mm -hmm. So we leave early, we leave at 6am so we can go to a coffee shop and miss traffic, like normally when I take them. Right. Yep. Um, and so they understand how much of a pain in the butt it is. That being said, they absolutely adore their school. And when we actually move, it'll, it'll make a big, big change, but I don't want to move right now. 
And so when I'm looking at the time, I actually sat with them and I said, okay, I don't want to be one of those moms that just is like, let me hire you a driver, (laughs) right? But, and I showed them like, but I'm spending so much time. I actually have to work later at night because I'm spending almost three hours a day driving you, right? And I'm like, I would much rather, just so you know, I would much rather spend time with you quality time in the evening than worrying about trying to work because I'm, I'm stressed out. And they're like, Huh. And I was like, plus you're looking straight forward and you're mostly on your iPad anyway. So, you know what I mean? Does it really make that big of a difference? And they're like, eh, I don't really care. Both of them. And I was like, phew, because I didn't want to be one of those moms, right? Right, right, <laughs> but, right. But, but in reality, my kids are really open and honest with what they do care about. My daughter shared with me afterwards that was a little like, well, I'd rather have it be you. And I was like, well, I would too. Don't get me wrong. I would totally rather have it be me if, if we lived closer. I'd totally do it in a second. I love that time in the car. That being said, you understand that it's not a logical thing. I would much rather be cuddling, watching movies with you than being stuck in the car. And she's like, totally. Well, and, and so that's why we did it. And I think that that, that, that brings to the 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 to bear the, the thought of what, like, with OwnerBox, like, you get to pick your spots, right? Like, when you systemize something, and I think a lot of people, they, they struggle, at least in my experience, they struggle with, like, well, I don't want to put a framework in place because then I lose spontaneity, or then I feel like I'm, I'm in this box, for lack of a better term. To you. <laughs> but but really, you get to, I mean, when you work with people, do you, you, you guide them through that, like, either that, that small win that shows, look, it's not all, you know, it there's not a, there's not a prescribed way you get to kind of decide what fits in this box for versus what doesn't right Totally. Well, we do strengths assessment with everybody first, because when we're living in our strengths, it does feel more open and free anyway. So going back to Joey, who who ended up growing his business so fast, he was like then stuck in the weeds a little bit more than he wanted to. But he's the creative guy and felt like it was good. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, when you start to remove the things that aren't their strengths, but they're just used to doing he was like, I had no idea that that person, uh, they hired someone else, could do it way better than I could, right? And I know I know it's easier said than done um, because having the, that person that you trust to be able to let go is huge. But that frees him up. So that way he actually took a three-week vacation with his family because his kids are homeschooled over in Europe because he had the capacity to be able to actually let go. Actually, one of the biggest problems as entrepreneurs that we have is letting go Mm -hmm. because we think we're better at it. And so get rid of the stuff that you're not necessarily good at first, that you don't like doing, that doesn't give you energy, that drains you, and really leveling up on your strengths. Because Leilani is way better at details than me, right? And a million times over, she's great at it and feels accomplished doing it, whereas it drains the heck out of me. I would much rather be on camera, filming, doing videos, doing podcast interviews. It's so much more fun for me. And so, and giving myself those pockets of creative time too in the morning so I don't have to be doing all the crazy stuff that her and the entire team does. I don't even manage the team anymore because she does it because she's better than me at it, just so everybody's clear, right? And so when you start realizing that this is not a crutch, (laughs) right? Oh, now I have to do it in this way. You are the owner. You can do whatever you want. And the chaos that you're living in most likely is not the thing that you want to keep for 80 years because you're going to burn out. For, for those people who don't necessarily fit into the, the idea of, hey, I'm making six, seven figures for the person who just is like, you know what? I, I, I have a small business. I work from home or they're, they don't even, maybe they, they don't work for themselves. And they, but they want to take some ownership back in, they want to be able to reclaim some time. Like, you know, mm-hmm. they, they want to, what, 
and I know they may not necessarily be a right uh, a fit for OwnerBox, but is there something like over? I mean, again, you've been doing this for a while. We both have. Like, what is there a like some sort of lesson that you could impart upon somebody who's just like, hey, look, you know, I feel overwhelmed. I feel like. I feel like time is passing by without me being able to hold on to any moments. Is there any kind of thing that you could share with them that would help them even in some small way to say, Hey, look, you know what? If you do this one small thing, you get some perspective on this. It's going to, it's going to help you no matter what you do. There's so many things I want to say about that, but yes. Um, so first, and, and I know you talk about this stuff a lot too. I have a whole time tracking sheet and we can give it to your your people. It's actually a Google Doc that goes over time tracking. Cool. That's the first thing I have people do is time track, both personal and professional. Because A, I hate laundry. I never want to do laundry ever, ever again, <laughs> right? It is literally $30 a week to not have to do my laundry because we send it out. And it, they deliver it back to my door. I didn't even know that existed beforehand, right? <laughs> worth its weight in gold from the mama being frustrated of folding children's laundry, right? And so so there are so many things that whether you have a business or don't have a business, you can start doing on the interim to start letting go of those things that don't fuel you. You think of like the Marie Kondo, like what does it give you joy or not? When you start looking through your task list and what you're actually doing, what gives you joy and what doesn't? Because there's systems on both the personal. I mean, I was a single mama for a very long time, right? I am very efficient and effective on the personal side also with bad Watching everything, Instacarting, absolutely everything. There are small things that don't cost a lot of money that can free up your brain space. And the first way to do that is to do a big old brain dump, right? And that's in the, the sheet that I'll give you too. And really start actually being completely honest, because this is the other thing. We are so tied to our productivity that sometimes we don't want to be as honest with ourselves as we probably should. Mm -hmm. um, because I'll have people, uh, clients do the the time tracking and they look, look at me like ashamed. Like, <laughs> I know I could have done better. Of course you could have. That's not the point. It is not about what you could or couldn't have done better. It's really about looking at it with the, with the unattached eye of whether you're a good human or not. You're fine either way. Let's just try and get some of the things that really drain you off your plate. It doesn't actually cost a lot of money, even for somebody um, that's making less than six figures. I mean, I remember when I first hired my very first real assistant, instead of trying to find a VA, my business doubled, right? Because I actually, A, it was scary as all heck. So I went all crazy trying to <laughs> do a yeah, lot Yeah. You more. have to make the money to pay them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it took me two months before I really felt like I could afford them. And then I, you know what I mean? Then I hired them it changed the way I did business. And this was many years ago. And so don't, don't think that wherever you are right now, there isn't something that you can start to take off your plate that will start to understand the, the clutter that is in your brain is, is self, self-actualized, right? It's your own gosh darn fault for all of that stuff. But when you put it out on paper and can actually have an objective look or even have somebody else look at it for you so you're really honest with it, like, uh, yep, you're right. Um, that's half the battle. It really is. Jamie, this has been great. Uh, we'll make sure that we have the link to that in the show notes. And it's, it, I'm glad we finally had the chance to talk, uh, not just, you know, face to face, but like actually sharing a conversation that we have with, with people. So where can people learn more about you and uh, get, get more information on OwnerBox and some of the other stuff you've got going on? Well, and I'll definitely link up that I call it the speed of implementation. And there's a whole thing on flow and energy management and master scheduling. I know you do a lot of that stuff too, but mm -hmm. uh, that, with no opt-in, by the way. Uh, so if you go to eventualmillionaire.com slash productivityist, um, go ahead and check it out there and we'll put on any other links. If you think there's anything that comes up that would be good for your people, let me know and we'll link that up in the in the post too. Thank Sounds you so much. Good. Thanks, Abe. And this has been great. Uh, Jamie, thanks for joining me today on the Productivityist Podcast.
Have an amazing day, Mike. You too. Big thanks to Jamie Masters for joining me today on the Productivities Podcast. I had a great time chatting with her. If you want to get all of the relevant information, helpful links, all that stuff, head to productivityist.com slash podcast 264. You'll get all of the stuff there. Or just look at your podcast app that you're listening. If you are listening to it on a podcast app right now, you can just click on the notes there and read them there. Um, by the way, if you are using a podcast app to listen to this program, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, what have you, I'd love it if you gave this episode and the show in particular a rating and or review. I read all of the reviews that come in. I pay attention to them. It's one of the reasons that we made some changes to the format of the show not too long ago. So please, ratings and reviews are helpful. I pay attention to them and they make the show better. But before you put that podcast app away, make sure you search for this podcast I'm going to mention to you right now, which is my Productivity is Podcast pick of the week. I'm choosing The Unmistakable Creative by my friend Srini Rao. Now, Srini, I haven't seen him in a while because I haven't gone to a lot of conferences at this point this year, but we've had a chance to hang out before and his, his, we've had such great conversations and he has such great conversations on each and every episode of Unmistakable Creative. He's had Charlie Gilkey on the show. Uh, he's the, just the, the care and, uh, dedication and, and just each episode is, is amazing. And I highly encourage you to give it a listen, especially if you are a creative and we all are, but definitely check out the unmistakable creative podcast. You will love it. I know you will. Srini is a real pro and he deserves all of the accolades he gets, especially for this podcast. So again, check out the unmistakable creative. It's my productivity is podcast pick of the week. That's it for this week's episode. I'm really, really happy that you joined me on this episode. I'm happy that Jamie joined me as well. That's it for now. Until next time, I'm your host, Mike Vardy, reminding you to stop guessing and start going. I'll see you later.